Welcome to the Freddie Mac Single Family Home Starts Here podcast. Your connection to all the latest industry trends, insights, and points of view on the mortgage market from Freddie Mac leaders and other industry experts. We'll be coming at you from the 2021 6th Annual Freddie Mac Connect Conference, where you can catch exclusive episodes throughout the event. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Home Starts Here podcast. It's my pleasure today to be hosting a discussion about artificial intelligence or AI with Frank Poise, Managing Director of Product Origination Technology at Black Knight, and Amy Gramowski, Senior Leader, Science and Analytics at CoreLogic. Frank and Amy are both working on developing and implementing AI solutions for their clients. Welcome to you both. Hello, Michael. Thank you. Today, we're going to discuss how lenders can leverage AI and what they need to do to mitigate the heightened risk posed by some of these solutions. Let me kick things off by giving you four reasons why you need to adopt AI. First, AI models are just a whole lot more predictive than traditional statistical models, and they can make sense of a kind of data called unstructured data. Think of text, voice, images, information from those forms. Second, other companies are already using AI to disrupt your business. And like them, you need to use AI to gain process efficiencies. Third, humans predictably make mistakes and AI can help us all work smarter. And finally, AI can help us identify new products and solutions for our clients. Now, AI methods do elevate certain risks that need to be managed. One way of addressing these heightened risks is by implementing strong governance. At Freddie Mac, for example, we have a corporate standard and ethical principles that must be followed when using AI. And while there's a lot of buzz about AI, it's essential that adoption be pointed squarely at real business problems. With that backdrop, let me now pose a couple of questions to our guests so that we can learn from their experiences. Amy and Frank, definitions, taxonomy, and governance are all important aspects of developing solutions and mitigating AI risks. But what are the other considerations that clients need to consider? Amy, let's start with you. So clients need to consider when looking at, you know, different AI solutions, specifically around machine learning, you know, quality of data, ground truth, the study design. These are all really important. So we hear about garbage in, garbage out, and what kind of data that we're using in order to, you know, really uh, evaluate the quality of a solution. You need to look at, you know, what is available in order to be able to create the solution. So being able to know from the history uh, what has happened. Or if you look at things like um, computer vision and extracting from imagery, that's a really hard problem to solve, not just because of the technology and the technique that's required from machine learning, but also just having the um, assignment of features and characteristics on the imagery to be able to create those algorithms. So that's what we would call the ground truth or knowing past behaviors to predict future behaviors. These are all really important considerations when you're looking at problems to solve. Do you have that data available? 
And then it's really about, you know, can I um, understand how the data is flowing? Um, how would I be implementing this solution? And do I have the data that I need available in production? So for example, market value, AVMs, this is really important um, in the, the lending and servicing space. We need to be able to understand that. We need to be able to understand the market value in a very timely fashion, let's say daily. So to successfully be able to create these algorithms and then generate this market value daily, you need to be able to um, have your features in the model and have the data available uh, in real time, pretty much, and available um, to be able to, to calculate that um, before and capture what's happening before the, um, the AVM is generated or calculated. So that, that's one of the considerations there. So that's all around the data science and the quality of that. The other really important factor is the business owner. Does the solution meet the business need and how do you evaluate that? Is it really solving the problem that's being um, asked of the model? Uh, and so working really closely with the business, with the customer to be able to get comfortable with how that model is designed and what problem it's solving for and is it reliable? These are all really important considerations when you're developing these solutions. Well, thanks, Amy. Really great uh, about the quality of data and the solutions pointed towards a real business need. We'll talk about that in, in a little bit later, um, but really good insights. Uh, Frank, how about you for the same question? So for lenders who are looking to adopt AI, there's kind of table stakes um, that lenders need to consider in, in just looking at the option uh, from square one. Uh, by that, I mean, what exactly should I apply AI and machine learning to? Uh, Michael, you mentioned a couple of problems that um, that you look at in terms of doing predictive models, and Amy talked a lot about operational solutions. Um, in all of those cases, there's a clear distinction between AI and machine learning and traditional software that lenders need to understand. So traditional software is, always relies on conditional logic. If a thing is true, then do this. Um, AI and machine learning is all about probabilities. Basically, given a bunch of data, the AI has to make a prediction about some desired outcome. Um, that requires a different mindset for a lender when they think about how to use AI. Um, you can't think of things in terms of absolutes. You have to look at things in terms of the gray. What is the possibility that I'm going to get a good outcome? And how do I measure the, the veracity of the data that I'm getting from an AI? Um, so, at the same time, AI is incredibly useful on problems that include a lot of data, as Amy mentioned, a lot of data and data that's highly variable. So let's see, a lot of data and highly variable. That sounds like the mortgage industry generally, right? Everybody deals with that every day. So, um, so no, we don't think that AI and machine learning are a solution for, say, underwriting loans, which has tons and tons of rules associated with it today. Um, though in the long run, who knows what our friends at Freddie Mac will invent for us. Uh, but in the, in the short run, looking at things like that document problem is important. So to expand on what Amy said, you know, if you think about a document, say, consider a bank statement. If a bank statement comes to your shop, some human has to look through it, review transactions, do some keyboarding, hope they get the keyboarding right, 
and then use the data from that document in a way that's productive for the underwriter. Um, the way computer vision models work is they look at that document and say, okay, here's a bunch of data. I know I'm looking for a table. What characteristics do tables have and how do I try to identify them? And then it finds a table and says, yeah, I think, and, and you know, yes, I'm generalizing, but the model basically says what the probability is that it found what you're looking for. Um, and then you use those probabilities to understand what data you should accept and what data you should not. So what lenders should be thinking about is what is that a problem they're looking at yields only to this kind of solution. That's to say, no, if then logic really won't solve it because up to the minute I need to look at my pipeline data to try to optimize where I send my pipeline. And I just can't do that with if then else logic because too many variables are involved. There's too much data. So they're the kind of solutions that the industry um, is focusing on things that yield well to probability based solutions. Well, neat. Thanks, Frank. Uh, you know, in our terminology, we would say that you, you have some sort of objective function that you're trying to solve, or, you know, you think you're trying to get to the top of the mountain, uh, but there's different roads to get to the top of the mountain. And you have to be in a position to decide among those different roads, which might be the best one to meet the business need. So it's a really nice summary, Frank. Thank you. Now let's transition to the so-called black box problem um, that plagues AI solutions. Clients need to understand and trust the models if they're going to implement them. Our experience has been if the, the business clients don't understand it, they're not going to implement it. So Frank, can you speak to the importance of explainability in building AI solutions? Sure. Um, so if you think about those uh, problems that, that Amy and I have both discussed, um, you really can't devise a test that gives you a 100% solution because, you know, with traditional software, you can say, write a test case that says, if this happens, this is the outcome. Um, in the case of AI, the, the test is going to be, I've got 100 things coming in, how many of them were right? Or a similar probabilistic answer to the question. So talking with the vendors about explainability is a critical part of understanding the solutions that you should be should be applying to your business. Uh, what's the difference between testing and explainability? Well, it's just that. Testing gives you a, a totally Boolean yes or no, it passed the test. Explainability is more looking at and making a judgment about whether the information provided by the vendor about how the AI is constructed, where it gets its data, how closely the data is guarded and curated, and then how the AI comes up with its answers it needs to be coupled with looking at output and saying, okay, the output is, it looks like it's correct most of the time. Um, so if, say, for example, you were going to evaluate a, a, a voice-to-text solution, um, you would ex certainly expect some transcription errors from that voice-to-text solution. So make sure you have a perspective on how much proof you need for that software to be explainable as the solution at the level of quality that you require. Great. Yeah. So for example, in our space, if you're building a default kind of model and you, you need the business person's expecting as LTV goes up, the probability of default would go up. As uh, FICO score goes up, the probability of default would go down. 
And if they don't see those kinds of relationships mapped out from the data to the output, then they're not comfortable at all with the model and and they're not going to buy into it. So you have to figure out ways to make it clear to those business partners to lower their blood pressure so that they'll be willing to go move forward. Yeah, I completely agree um, with all of that. I, I think it's important for the end users, uh, lenders, servicers, you know, myself, we're, we're more in the vendor space. You have real things around legal and regulation and, you know, customer inquiries. And it's, so questions that, that need to be answered and you need to be comfortable, you know, with what is in the model, and how does it perform in, in certain areas, in certain ways? Um, geographical representations might be one. You know, f- a, a statistician might argue in its purest form that um, explainability, as long as it's predictable, really isn't important, right? Um, if you can prove that, you know, over time out of sample that the model uh, holds true and it performs well, that it, you know, you can't pick apart something that has you know hundreds of variables going in and say I can explain every single piece of it. Um, but in the data science world, it is important, right? It is important to be able to say, in general, these sets of variables behave this way, and you can be comfortable with that. Um, like let's say, you know, that there isn't any disparate impact happening. That is really important um, in in the real world, right? We're we're not just an exercise uh, theoretically, so. Um, being able to break out those data layers and explain here's what's going into the model while still protecting IP is very important. Um, and I found, you know, uh, being able to do that and just give some level of visibility into here's what's going in, here are some of the general behaviors in the model. Um, and that they make sense, such as, you know, a habitual refinancer is more likely to refinance in the future. Um, these are just, you know, common things that you can see um, and, and understand, right, from just real world experience. Um, and then being able to represent that geographically, you know, visualizations really help as well. So completely agree. Explainability is important. And, you know, if you are looking and working with a, a partner in the data science world, it's important that you're, you know, comfortable and that your data science provider and solution provider is is open to those discussions and sharing some level of information. Well, that's great, Amy. Thanks. And certainly, Freddie, we're, we're steeped in fair lending a- analytics. And many uh, lenders don't understand that fair lending actually applies from the time you start to solicit for your uh, loans uh, all the way to the property gets disposed of. So uh, fair lending is definitely an important topic. And that's one of the things, in addition to our business partners, we need to be able to explain the results to our legal compliance people that oversee us from a fair lending aspect as well. So great point. That's uh, amazing. One more perspective. Um, So I often think about um, how my parents taught me to cross the street. They always said, look both ways. So look upstream when you talk with a provider at how they gather the data and how they manage the data to be sure it's consistent and refreshed and how they manage the whole pipeline for for data to come through and turn into the AI solution. And then look downstream by making sure that there is a set of quality control checks. So this is a lot like lending quality control. You should have tests that say, did the outcome, and Amy mentioned this, and so did Michael, did the outcome look like what I expected? 
at how often did it not look like what I expected. And when that frequency of of uh, false positives or, or, or bad answers gets too high, you want to talk to the vendor. Um, but don't expect 100%. Right. Okay, great. Good advice. Now, there's the idea of going from concept to production can be pretty challenging with AI solutions. So, Amy, if lenders want to advance and scale AI, what besides governance and expertise do they need to think about? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, AI can be big and it means a lot of different things actually to different people. My advice is start small, um, start small, but plan for the future. So understanding all of the different use cases and applications of AI, looking, you know, from a business perspective, what's going to be um you know, the, the best value, if you will, for your money. So it may not be the biggest impact, um, but if you think about it's small, it allows us to um, learn and iterate quickly so we can get better. You might want to start there and while still delivering some business value. So at CoreLogic, if I think about when we started, you know, computer vision, we have all this great imagery that's available to us. We understood there was, you know, a lot of value in the market and being able to extract content from this imagery. But we also wanted to make sure that we started small and we started with just some proof of concepts. You know, what would it take? Do we have the ground truth needed to do this? And if we don't, how do we go after that in a cost efficient way? Um, these are all things you want to look at. And then you want to prove out, can I actually do this and work with your clients and your customers to say, what is the value of this to you? And then as you start to move into more of a, you know, um, deployment, full scale operationalizing, you know, these models, then you can look at a full tech stack. What would future state look like, let's say in, in four years? Because AI is expensive, the technology is expensive, and it's also always changing and there's always new options available. So you wanna have some sort of plan in place around what the future will look like, but have that plan be flexible as technology evolves and changes. And also that you can thin slice, I, I call it like thin slice out just portions of it that you can tackle in lower costs while consistently delivering value to your business and to your customers ultimately. Um, and, and staying competitive and being able to really fully see the advantage of AI without getting into a really big, costly um, project that can weigh you down and ultimately hold you back, ironically, which is the opposite of what you're trying to do. So I would say start with that. There's additional things just around, you know, what kind of performance you see from your models and how you continue to iterate. Um, but the biggest thing I would say is start small, plan for the future. And, and incrementally, you know, iterate through. Great. Frank, did you have anything to add to that? Yeah. And, and in fact, I'll reinforce what Amy said in her opening remarks. Um, there's a step that lenders can take today and every day going forward to be prepared for a future that's more AI and machine learning driven and has more ability to scale. And that is be really, really good at data. So making sure that you know what data that you have is good and you know where it is and you know how to make sure you safeguard the quality of your data for the foreseeable future. More data is always good to data scientists. Since you don't know where the next application of AI will be, 
chances are good, you've already got data that will contribute to the success of a future AI project. So be really strong data stewards, and you're going to be more successful in the business today because God knows Freddie Mac wants clean data from you. But also remember that it's going to serve your purposes when these kinds of applications become more prevalent. Amy and Frank, do you have any closing thoughts? I guess my closing thoughts are that we have to continue to be vigilant in our regulated environment to meet the standards that Michael talked about earlier. Uh, We have to be careful about how we apply any new technology. And this technology has the ability to do things that have never been done before, whether good or not. So yes, we have to be vigilant. But this industry has a tremendous opportunity in AI. So we shouldn't be daunted by the need to be good at compliance. If we were daunted by compliance, we wouldn't be mortgage bankers. So yes, be very focused on it, on not only compliance, but making sure you protect your own processes so that they are positively, not negatively impacted by AI. But don't run for the hills. Be engaged with the market for AI solutions. Um, Give some of them a try. uh, And I I think that in the long run, everybody will be better for it. Great. Thanks. Amy? Yeah, that's great. I completely agree with Frank. I would also, you know, just to expand on that, I think there isn't one size fits all when it comes to, you know, AI solutions, different providers, or even just internally, you'll be able to do different things. It kind of gets back to, you know, the data and the quality of the data and the depth and the breadth of the data and the different problems that that data can solve. You know, I think there's a lot of different expertise and, and levels and types of solutions that you can leverage to bring into your organization or build internally. Um, And those things will evolve and change over time. So continuing to understand what that market landscape looks like, the value that it brings to your business and to your customers, and being in a position to pivot as needed uh, to expand and and to grow the capability internally as well um, is really important. And then putting the right framework around all of that, how to assess um, and continually assess those providers or what you're doing internally when it makes sense to pivot and all of the governance around, you know, the quality of the models and meeting the, the expectations of, of regulators and all of that. Just that framework then is, is important and you'll be able to grow as the, as the market and technology grows and changes. Well, thanks again, Amy and Frank, for a great discussion and sharing your experience around AI with the audience. I'm sure they really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Thank you for listening to this special edition 2021 Freddie Mac Connect Conference episode of the Home Starts Here podcast. After the conference, stay tuned and subscribe to catch exclusive interviews with key industry leaders and experts. Home Starts Here is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. We appreciate you rating, reviewing, and sharing with your network.